Not afraid to tell it like it is. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon till 3 on AM 900 CHML. In case you have not heard this news, a parole hearing has been set for March 2017 for Paul Bernardo. Yeah, Paul Bernardo, what has the reaction been from the Mahaffian French families and what is the chance of all of this happening? Uh, we're speaking specifically about day parole, but uh, many of us thought when he was deemed a dangerous offender that all of this was impossible. Uh, t- uh, Tim Danson is with us now. Hello, Tim. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Surprised to hear this news, Tim? Um, no, I'm not surprised. I mean, we know in law that all offenders are entitled to uh, parole uh, considerations um, doesn't mean they're going to get it. And my own view is, is that Paul Bernardo has no chance of getting any form of uh, parole now or, or for the rest of his life. But he is eligible for it, and it doesn't surprise me because, um, I mean, he's sitting in a jail cell you know, in protective custody 23 of 24 hours a day. Um, you know, this kind of breaks up the monotony of his day, and so the families were aware of this. And in fact, over 20 years ago, uh, in anticipation of this day, um, while everything was fresh in our mind, I put together uh, a significant um, multi-volume brief for the parole board um, so that the, you know, the best evidence that we thought uh, that we could put forward would be before the parole board uh, that would militate strongly against any kind of relief. So they, they knew this day would come. We've actually had some previous false alarms um, and this one coming up in March uh, may be another one, but that's that, that's what we're told uh, is the target date for his parole hearing. Um, and we can't take anything for granted, notwithstanding I'm confident that he'll never get parole. Um, we will be vigilant. We're preparing the victim impact statements. And unfortunately for the families, even though they knew this day would come, it's, it's, it's just uh, gut-wrenching uh, for them. Hmm. Where do I start here? So you were actually in your team preparing for this way back when, in anticipation of all of this? Yeah, when we... Um, Is that uh, common, Tim? I, I don't know, to be honest with you, if it's common. It was something that, uh, um, you know, that uh, you know, I've been doing this for 36 years and, and have some experience in it, although even 20 you know, years ago, uh, after Bernardo's conviction... Um, you know, we just knew that uh, he was entitled to uh, parole considerations. Uh, most people think it's 25 years, uh, but um, actually, what the law is is that three years before your, um, you know, your full parole eligibility, which for Bernardo was February 17, 2018, three years before that, you're eligible to apply for day parole. So that's so he's been in, he's been entitled to this since February of 2015, but he keeps putting it off. I suspect it's because he knows his case management team won't support him and his chances are somewhere between zero and nil. But, um, uh, but for whatever reason, I, you know, I understood the magnitude of this and this particular offender. And uh, while I always hoped that I would live a long time, and I'm glad I'm still around, um, uh, while things were very fresh in our mind, we just thought that it was a good idea to put this brief together, um, which we submitted, as I say, some 20-plus years ago to hmm. the parole board. So. Wow. We're, 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 we're lucky because if I had to remember all the details of, of a couple decades ago, um, there may be some failures there. Mm. So uh, we're in good shape to respond to this, uh, but it's, it's, it's hard to believe that uh, a couple decades have gone by and, um, and that, uh, you know, that Paul Bernardo thinks that he's uh, entitled to some kind of re- release. But, you know, now, we all, he's, he's deemed a dangerous offender. Uh, I, I thought that took care of all of this. What does that mean? Well, I mean, it's, that's a very good point that you make, and it's, it's one of, 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 of great significance to us. First of all, 
when you're, you know, yes, he was given a life sentence for the for the murders, but he was also designated a dangerous offender. And under the law, um, in order for it to be constitutional, because once you're de- declared a, a dangerous offender, you're in jail in, in, for an indefinite period of time. So to maintain its constitutional validity, he was entitled to a review after seven years, and then every two years he's entitled to a review. That never occurred because of his life sentence. But my view is, on behalf of the families, is that the, uh, the, the considerations to be relieved from the dangerous offender designation is significantly different than your general uh, parole eligibility, eligibility considerations. So, uh, it, you know, whether it's a bifurcated proceeding or, or whatever, because both are heard by the parole board, um, my view is, is that before Paul Bernardo is entitled to any consideration for parole, he has to advance um, a compelling case based on uh, compelling evidence and medical evidence that would displace the evidence that um, that was presented in court 20-plus years ago that resulted in his dangerous offender designation. And I also believe that um, any evidence that Paul Bernardo puts forward um, for uh, to deal with his dangerous offender designation and his parole eligibility must be public. And I you would think, you know, you know that it's intuitively that of course it's going to be uh, public because you know we have an open court uh, justice system, but unfortunately when you get to the parole stage of the of of the proceedings, um, uh, the the privacy legislation kicks in, and we're not entitled to see any of this. The only evidence we get to see is whatever the parole board puts in the decision, and the families intend to challenge that, and indeed um, the, um, the the sweet family. Um, and the Toronto Police Association, Michael Sweet, was a police mm. officer murdered um, uh, by, by, by Craig Monroe some 37 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they already have an application in, in the federal court, which will probably join with them, um, uh, to deal with these privacy issues, because it's absurd that someone like Paul Bernardo, who is seeking a public remedy, which is to be released, uh, relieved from his life sentence and put in and, and, and be, be paroled into the public, that's about as public as you can get, and the public has a right to know all the evidence um, that he relies upon. So that's going to be an issue for us, too. We think this has to be a transparent process, and in any event, even if there was a privacy interest, the public interest must trump uh, any rights that Paul Bernardo has. So even though he was deemed a dangerous offender way back when, he still has certain rights that have to be exercised in order to make this constitutionally sound. That's right. I mean, the Supreme Court of Canada says you can't just uh, throw away the key and put right. someone in forever. But, right. uh, but so we will have a due process uh, uh, system, and and so he will be testing that now. But um, uh, look at this guy is is the worst of the worst um, sexual sadist psychopaths. Uh, there's no cure for this kind of psychopathy. Um, I don't. I'd be shocked. Um, Although I have to concede I've been shocked uh, from time to time in my 36 years of practicing law, but I would still be shocked if any credible doctor would come forward and say that Paul Bernardo's rehabilitated and does not represent a threat to public safety. We just need to go back a couple years ago. Remember that Amazon story where he did a fictional account? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you know, what, he was, what, what his fictional mind was doing while he was in jail was coming up with these grotesque uh, acts of violence fictional or not and um hmm. he wasn't writing poetry about flowers and and, and magic and, and you know and, yeah. and, and, and stars and that so the guy is a, is um i think is very very dangerous he is a psychopath he is a sexual sadist and um and i'm confident uh, for all the right reasons um 
that uh, he will not meet any criteria for uh, release into the into the community, and I don't think the public needs to be concerned about that. Um, but uh, nevertheless, it, it, it's got to bother a lot of people, as it bothers us, that mm. uh, this is even happening. Oh, uh, absolutely so, and, and I'm getting that through uh, what I'm hearing from listeners. Uh, how would Bernardo be preparing for this? Um, you know, that's you know, he 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 obviously would um, uh, try to put a case forward that he's been involved in in in, in various programs in the institution. Um, that he has, uh, you know, rehabilitated himself, that uh, uh, he, he definitely needs to get the support of his case management team um, uh, to support some kind of, 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 of release. And, 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 and that starts with, you know, uh, escorted temporary absences and things of that nature. Um, but he also has to show genuine remorse, and he's never demonstrated that, um, and uh, he, I'm sure to this day he still blames Carl Homoka for the murders, and um, I don't think he's capable of taking responsibility for his own actions, and that's critical, and, and, and it can't be just lip service either. It has to be heartfelt and genuine. But maybe, you know, one thing about psychopaths is that they are very bright and they're very manipulative and conniving uh, and, um, and very manipulative, and so, you know, he may try to put a package together knowing what, the pro board wants to hear, mm-hmm. and he'll try and sell it, but uh, you know, but uh, it won't work. I'm, I'm confident of that. What does this all mean for the French Mahaffey families? What do they have to go through with all of this, and how are they doing through this process? Well, it's it, as I said, it, it really is uh, gut wrenching for them. It's just, uh, and for me to deal with them on this, it's, it's painful. Um, they know that they have to uh, respond. They know they have to, you know, be there for their daughters. Um, they will prepare their victim impact statements. Uh, they will, you know, be present at the parole hearing and therefore being in the same room as the person who murdered their daughters. Uh, all of that is 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 is, is gut wrenching um, and very very difficult for them. But you know, when you when they see that they're doing this for their daughter and their their, their daughters and their memories, they they do gather up the strength. Um, you know, one of the things that's uniquely uh, difficult for all of them, but I think, you know, I know uh, Debbie Mahaffey has particularly expressed this, is that um, to, to, to communicate the impact that this has on you and what it's been like over the last number of decades is, a, is as personal as you can imagine. And, and, you know, one of the things that we enjoy in a democratic society is our right to privacy. Uh, and to share these type of deeply, you know, personal views um, which, which you know, torture you emotionally. Um, to be have to say that in public is very, very tough. And uh, and I know they're struggling with with that dichotomy between the need to protect themselves emotionally, to protect their personal privacy, but the need to participate in the justice system to to make sure that justice continues to be done. Uh, and in the end, they will come forward, but it is uh, it is not easy. And um, and you have and to think, Tim, at you know doing uh, co- uh, compiling some sort of impact statement at that time is one thing, but now to do it at this point after they've been without their loved ones for so long, I, I mean, this would be almost a completely different impact statement, well, wouldn't I, it? it? Well, it's a very uh, good observation. That's exactly right. Um, uh, you know, with the passage of time, yeah. you're, you're now kind of reliving the past. And mm-hmm. uh, what would have been? 
Well, exactly, and uh, and they've had so many more experiences, obviously, in the last you know number of decades, and and to reflect on the fact that they they didn't see their daughters married, they didn't yeah. walk down the aisle, they didn't go to their graduations, uh, mm. um, you know, they're not having grandchildren. Um, you know, all of this stuff just just is 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 I can't think of a better word than, than gut wrenching because that's just what it is, and it's um, it's you know they've got to relive something that uh, they'd rather not relive, um, but nevertheless, um, uh, the power of ensuring that uh, that uh, they're protecting uh, their daughters still uh, by making sure that Paul Bernardo doesn't get out uh, will trump all of that, but it will still be. Uh, um, you know, a, a difficult process for them. And have to balance that with the fact that this is probably what a psychopath wants, isn't it? Well, that's right. And and, 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 and remember, the way the law works is that even though he gets his parole hearing, and, and, and as I say, I'm confident that he, he, his, his application will be denied, he gets, do, he gets to do this every year or two years for the rest of his life. So, you know, it, it's, um, you know, we've been lobbying for changes so that at least... Uh, um, you know, every five years as opposed to every one or two years, but um, very, very difficult, um, you know, for the families. Uh, but, um, you know, that's our, you know, that's our justice system. And it's, it's, it's um, you know, for, for many offenders, you know, who, who don't have fixed sentence, the parole system is a good system. But when you're dealing with, with, with people who've been convicted of, of, of this kind of, or any kind of murder, but this kind of sadistic, brutal, sexual um, deviant type of murders um, to think that they're eligible. You, you know, in my own view, I think we maybe make an exception because I don't think that uh, we should be spending taxpayers' uh, mm. money on on. I'm not saying you don't have any parole, but mm-hmm. but once you have your hearing to do it every year, two years, that just seems to be um, uh, unnecessary. Tim, please pass on our strength to the French and Mahaffey families. Uh, we support them in any way that we can, and good luck with this, Tim. Great, thank you very much. I appreciate that.